Rush into Old Navy today for this can't-miss one-day deal. 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Get the workout wear you need at a huge 50% off one day only today. Hurry in or miss out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1020, select styles only, excludes in-store clearance. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Spurs is a daily podcast covering the San Antonio Spurs. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Audioboom, and many more. Locked On Spurs will be there waiting for all Spurs fans, whether it be on your daily commute, lunch hour, or whenever you have time, Locked On Spurs will bring you the latest on the silver and black. Now, let's talk some Spurs. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And I am your designated driver once again, Jeff Garcia. And let's be honest, tonight, the, uh, or at least last night by the time we listen to this show, the Spurs pretty much decimated the Raptors from the get-go. And there really wasn't much to talk about. Uh, Spurs just destroyed them. I mean, you, know, you probably read millions of recaps, seen millions of videos by now of the absolute destruction the Spurs gave uh, Toronto so I figured I'd change it up today and bring in my locked on NBA brother Josh Lloyd of locked on fantasy basketball and a basketball monster to give Spurs fans like yourself and many others who play fantasy basketball an update on the Spurs what's going on with them who's the hot player who's the player you might want to dump from your roster uh, maybe some surprise picks that Josh has seen uh, since we're a little over two months into the new season. But with that, Josh, welcome to Locked On Spurs. How are you going, Jeff? I am doing uh, good. And yeah, I mean, you just heard me right now. I mean, Spurs just waxed the Raptors. <laughs> I mean, that, that yep, wasn't even a pretty much. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Spurs fans, they know all about that. Let's dive into the topic at hand. NBA fantasy basketball and specifically the San Antonio Spurs. Now I'm on your site right now at basketballmonster.com. And by the way, everybody should go visit that site right now. Uh, looks like Tony Parker seems to be kind of a trending player uh, among fantasy league players. Can you discuss that? Well, look, he's, he's been from a fantasy point of view, he's been fairly poor for most of the season, not a guy that you, you want to own in most sort of situations. But over the last you know, couple of weeks, we've seen his minutes rise. And we've seen his production rise. His last four games, he's averaging 19 points, five and a half assists a game and, and shooting 57%. And that almost vaults him into the top 100 players. So he is definitely on the rise. And what it's also doing is it's cutting out any value that Patty Mills really had because Mills was getting those 22, 23 minutes a night pretty much every night. But now Parker sort of bumped that up and is playing a lot better. And it is reducing what Mills can do. I don't. I don't think that Parker is a, a must-own guy in, in all situations. But with the way that he is playing now, the the assists ticking up, the scoring ticking ticking up, the efficiency getting back to sort of what we've expected from Tony Parker throughout his career, then yeah, he is becoming someone that people are starting to ask questions about. And should we go and add him to our leagues? And in, in a lot of cases, the answer.
answer will be no, but in you know, probably half the cases, it'll, it'll be yes. Do you perhaps think that this is just lightning in a bottle for Parker, um, you know, kind of a flash in the pan, or is it something uh, a, an owner of a team you know, that's playing fantasy basketball right now should be having the mindset of, well, I'll hang on to him for a while, but it's okay if I trade him now if somebody offers me something, or is this a Tony Parker that makes you scream, no, you hang on to him as long as you can? No, nah, look, I, I don't think it's that case. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a situation where we're looking at it and saying, yeah, look, he's going to continue to even get better from here because when I look at players who are, who are trending normally, I, the first thing I go to is look at what they're shooting. And he's shooting 57% over the last four games, and that's still not putting him inside the top 100. So for him to get actually better than that, it's a real stretch for him to actually shoot the ball better than that. His true shooting's over 60 over the last week. So really, really up, but it's still not resulting in huge fantasy numbers. So I'd say grab him ride it while it's working well but then when the wheels start to fall off or if they start to fall off just move on from him there's no reason to just hold on to tony parker as this you know bastion of being a savior for your team moving forward (laughs) yeah uh, i recently was at a starbucks that's in my neighborhood josh and uh, this guy he talks to me a lot about nba and he's a big time fantasy basketball player and he's kind of rattled off some names that are on his roster he plays in three leagues and he knows that I cover the Spurs. And his first question to me ever about San Antonio when he found out that I do this um, uh, as a reporter for the San Antonio Spurs, he says, I don't know what to make of Pau Gasol. He, he has him on his fantasy league. He, he told me the name, the type. I don't remember. But he, I know he's on one of the rosters. Um, I guess my question to you is, could you answer that to him? He looked very confused. He said, I get him sometimes and I put him on my starting roster and then I regret it. Is there something I'm missing here? Um, is this some sort of fantasy league lingo that I'm not understanding that he's not, he's saying to me? I think it's a lot of people get, um, I guess, sidetracked or, or really bogged down in what happens at the start of the season, the first couple of weeks of the season. And we saw power really struggle in those first couple of games. You know, minutes limited, playing under 20 minutes a night occasionally, really seeming to struggle in the in the pop system. But since then, he has been better. He's not the same guy that he was in Chicago. We're talking about a guy playing you know, four or five less minutes a game and you know taking four less shots a game. And it has really caused some aggression in his value. But I think he's fairly stable now. I think we can think that he's going to get 27, 28 minutes most nights. Obviously, tonight against the Raptors, a different story because the game was over. So we played like 19. You don't factor that too much into it. But his numbers have started to stabilize. You look at his numbers over the season, and they look a bit weird. You know, 50% shooting, that's fine. 67% from the line, that's weird. That's not Pau Gasol. But again, that's really weighted from what he did earlier on because his last two weeks, he's back at 82%. So the numbers are stabilizing. I think Pau is going to be this guy that's in between this top 50 to top 80 range for the majority of the rest of the season and, and playing these 28 minutes a night, getting 13 and 8, getting a block and having you know, really solid percentages. I think we're sort of stabilized and we know what we're going to get from power. At the start of the season, it was a bit of a shock to see him playing so poorly and, and playing so few minutes as opposed to what we'd seen in the past. So you know, a lot of fantasy owners really struggled to get their head around that. And there was lots of talks that do we own him? Do we drop him? Right. But now, now he's sort of stabilized where he is. I, I got that impression uh, from the uh, my buddy over there at Starbucks. He was just saying, you know, he goes, I don't know what to do with him. He looked like he was struggling with uh, having Powell on his fantasy league roster. The impression I got was like he was 
contemplating maybe dangling him out there to see who wanted him. Uh, but you're right. Maybe the start wasn't so hot as uh, many thought it would be. But I always give Powell that benefit of the doubt because it took LaMarcus Aldridge a good chunk of last season for him to finally catch on. I'm hoping... And this season as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that the same would happen for Powell. But a part of me wants to start thinking that this might be the best we're going to get out of Powell for the entire season. Now, look, I, I use that LaMarcus Aldridge comparison with Powell, especially a lot earlier in the season when talking about him, saying it just takes guys... Yeah, time to figure out what what is required of them and yeah, adjust to a different role where they're not touching the ball as often as they were and being sat down at times when the matchup's not working. And it takes them time to get... It takes fantasy owners time to get their head around, hey, what's happening with these minutes? But also it takes the player time to work out, okay, well, I'm not going to play the same. My minutes are in jeopardy at times if things don't go right, if it doesn't suit the team, and I've just got to deal with it. And that affects them mentally, and it does take time. And I think we're seeing power really stabilize now, and this is this is what we're going to get from him, I think, for the majority of the season. I don't think there's much more upside from him, but I think he's going to be fairly stable where he is. You know, we could not talk with Josh without uh, bringing up Kawhi Leonard. And I'm at basketballmonster.com right now. And uh, under your player rankings uh, tab... Kawhi Leonard, uh, at least the way I understand it, uh, fourth overall in um, in value. Am I reading that right, Josh? Yeah, if you're looking at uh, mm-hmm. nine category leagues, he's yes. he's that. Yeah, in eight category leagues, he's the ninth ranked player. So he's comfortably a top ten sort of guy. Um, had been a sort of, I guess, a bit up and down. Start of the season really hot, slowed down slightly, but yeah, he's a, he's a comfortable top ten guy from from here on out. I'd say even after. Uh, sorry, over the last two weeks, he's a top five player. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a guy that's you know, averaging 25, 6, and 3 and, and hitting things at a ridiculous percentage. And he's actually the number one player in terms of being able to influence the free throw percentage category across the entire NBA. Wow. Uh, for those that don't really understand that, uh, could you break that down? What does that mean? Okay, so you have in fantasy basketball, you've got you know, nine, eight different categories, whatever it is. And free throw percentage is one of them. But free throw percentage, it's not a simple category where you're just adding up numbers, where you're saying, okay, he scores 20 points. And if not, if say he scores 35 points and no one else scores 35, he's the best points contributor. In free throw percentage, it all comes down to volume and percentage. Mm-hmm. So if you are above the average free throw percentage in, in the league, then the more volume you take, the better you become. If you are under that average, then the more volume you take, the worse you become. So someone who, the average is normally about 77% from the line. So if you have two guys that shoot 75% from the line, the one that takes five attempts is you know, five times worse than the guy that takes one attempt at the line. You go the other way, like Kawhi, who's shooting 92% from the line, but you, you could have a guy like JJ Redick or Kyle Korver who are 90% free throw shooters. The difference is, is Kawhi is taking seven a game. So it is such a massive, massive influence in that category where he can make up for these guys that shoot 70% on two attempts a game or 71% on three attempts a game because his volume is just so yeah. much bigger than everyone else's. And we're talking about a guy that's you know well well above the, the mean. We're talking a guy that's in, in the top 97 percentile in terms of influence in that category. So he basically, that's his number one category in fantasy basketball because he's going to the line so much more this year. And he's shooting 5% better from there as well. Again, I'm looking at Basketball Monster, and 
it looks like the next spur on your uh, your your player rankings list is Lamarcus Aldridge, and he's uh, 44. Um, are you kind of surprised that there's not many more uh, spurs? In between that, or Lamarcus not a higher um, or has a higher ranking. Uh, what do you what do you attest this to? Look, not really. Um, I think when we headed into the season, we expected Kawhi to be a top seven or eight guy. I think we had Aldridge in about the top thirty five, so he's sort of sitting into that now. But he started off the season so poorly mm-hmm. that his recent play has jumped him up inside the top fifty. In fact, over the last week, he's the twelfth ranked player mainly because he's shooting 73% from the field, which is obviously something that won't continue. But his numbers were were well down to start the year. His rebound numbers are still well down over career numbers, only at 7.3 rebounds per game. His scoring is only at 17.5. But recently, the numbers have jumped up significantly. And look, he's going to probably go back and approach that top 35 number when all is said and done for the season. Um, He's not going to be as poor as he was to start the season. He's also not going to be as ridiculously hot as he is at the moment. That that sort of stuff will cool down and he, he's, no one can continue to shoot at 70% a game which is what he's done basically since Christmas Is Would you consider him uh, a player that is um, tradable in the sense of you hear you see you hear the name LaMarcus Aldridge and you think you know a good solid player has been in the league uh, you know look what he did in Portland um, look how he performed midway uh, last season with the Spurs yet he's ranked um, at least according to, to your website a 44th Overall, uh, is he a high-value trade piece for any le- uh, fantasy league player? Uh, how does that work? Would you, or would you, as the expert in this area, be giving advice to somebody who would say, "Hey, I got Lamarcus. Uh, should I dump him? Should I trade him? What should I do with him?" If they were at least entertaining that thought. It is harder, and as I mentioned before, when talking about Gasol. People, especially fantasy owners' minds, get really tied down to what happened in the first two, three weeks of the season, and that tends to form a narrative that's hard to break for a lot of people. So Aldridge struggled through those first month or so in terms of his fantasy numbers. Like, he was outside the top 100 for a stretch in the 70 to 80 zone, and you could look at him and say, look, he's flying at the moment, but I don't think that many people are going to buy that. They'll just say, oh, you know what, it's a hot streak. He, He struggled early on, and they have that narrative in their mind. So, sure, if you can get a trade for Aldridge for someone who's a top 30 player, I would do it because I don't imagine that he's going to remain at 20 currently is over these last couple of weeks. But I don't think that his name value necessarily holds, especially after the way he started last season as well. Yeah, he ended the season um, really well, but a lot of fantasy people also, if their team's out of it by February, which is when Aldridge started getting hot, they might not have been paying as much of attention to that. So they might not have remembered that he was like a top 20 guy for the last two months of the season. So, yeah, look, his name value doesn't hold as much weight as what it did you know, back, say, in Portland days where, you're right, his name value was actually more valuable than what he was as a player. Same thing at the start of last season where he was getting drafted inside the top 20 and I was I had him in about the 40s or 50s and mm-hmm. consequently didn't own him anywhere, but that was name value-based. But now I think it's the, the tide has sort of turned on that and it would be probably hard to execute that, I think. What player right now on the Spurs roster – at least two, a little over two months into the new season, has almost surprised you from a fantasy league standpoint. Um, Manu Ginobili always surprises me because 
he never gets big minutes or you know the last four or five years like he's only playing nine minutes a game but we're talking about a guy who's who's inside the top 150 in only 19 minutes a game and over the last couple of weeks he's a guy that's inside the top 80 he continually racks up numbers without playing big minutes look this is a guy that can get you three assists you know eight or nine points hit a three get high free throw percentage get steals a lot as well and when you always look at the rankings you go Manu's not someone I entertain adding but the numbers and the ranking means that I should I should look at him I should mm-hmm. yeah, grab him now he's always going to be rest days for him he's going to have some sort of injury concern which seems to happen with him every season whether it's a a common hamstring strain or some sort of testicular torsion that he has something weird always seems to happen with Manu and he's always going to miss time so I'm all for, all for grab him see what happens and then you know when when something goes wrong then you can uh, then you can sit him down and, and, and get rid of him. But he, he always seems to su- – I don't know why he always surprises me because he does it every year. But every time I look at it and go, oh, gee, Manu, 130, that's that seems high. Like he comes in 60 spots higher than Tony Parker. And I don't think many people would realize that. Yeah, I guess there's that kind of viewpoint of him when a fantasy league, uh, league standpoint when you're saying, like, oh, my God, geez, Manu, you know, surprised again. It's like that old saying with him on the court, never let him go left. Yet people let him go left, and he always finishes at the rim. Uh, I guess it almost applies to fantasy league in the sense of like people kind of maybe pass on him and don't think he still has it in him, but the numbers show it otherwise. Exactly. Um, What player on the Spurs roster has been a disappointment um, from your viewpoint as a fantasy league player? Um, I could say Danny Green, but he's actually been better than last season. But I was hoping for somewhat more of a bounce back, more similar to the 2014-15 uh, Danny Green. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really gotten there, but I'd say Pau Gasol's the biggest one. Yeah, you know, He's such, such a significant drop-off. We had him dropping off a fair bit, down from 20th to about 50th in the preseason, but he's obviously lower than that. But everyone else is sort of, I guess, where we expect them to be. We had Green as a guy that was a, a late-round sort of flyer, and that's where he's ended up, even though he is putting up okay numbers he's still not back to that you know, 14 15 Danny Green where he was you know doing everything getting over a steal and a block a game and and hitting a th- uh, in two or three threes a game as well at, at really high percentages that hasn't necessarily bounced back totally although the percentages are, are fine considering he's hitting 46 percent from three but everyone's been you know, sort of I guess where we expected them to be hmm. um, I always wondered this how much does the actual Spurs system itself affect players from a fantasy league standpoint? It affects them in a, in a, in a significant way. We've seen that with Aldridge, who who dropped, you know, a lot of numbers, you know, scoring rebounds last season. We've seen that with Pau Gasol this season as well. The numbers come across because of the way that the minutes get spread. There's always the risk, and, and I believe this is. Yeah, somewhat overblown that people say, I don't want any Spurs because Pop's just going to rest them all mm-hmm. when we get into March. And that's that's overblown to me. Like Kawhi just doesn't start sitting out games every every day through March, which people have it in their head that he's just going to be out. Oh, you know, our fantasy playoffs are on, so he's going to miss a game a week. That just doesn't happen. Like it was the same with Duncan. Like people say, oh, he's going to be out every back-to-back. Like it just never happened. Same with, it won't happen with Aldridge. They're resting games now and they might rest one game in March, but that basically happens with every other team. But the fact of the minutes is probably the biggest thing. Like if if Aldridge was on Portland still, he'd be playing 35 minutes a right. night. He wouldn't be playing 31, 32. And that, that's that's pop. That's the system. That's also the depth as well. This is that they can run out Dwayne Dedman. They can run out David Lee. They can put they can build big leads and be able to limit these guys' playing time. So that's system, but it's also 
talent level it's also depth and and that happens with you know, numerous teams you, you have the same sort of situation ha- happening with teams like denver and they're not they're not a system team they're not a pop team they're not as good of a team but they've got depth where they can change things around occasionally and that limits what they can do but there is definitely a negative association with spurs players in fantasy for a, a narrative that's and you know, the narrative came from that season where the Spurs won the title and no one averaged over 30 minutes a night. That's that's where it came from. And, and everyone made a big deal of that. Oh, no one played over 30 minutes a night. But that's happened. It's happened once ever. Like, it never happened before. And it's never happened since. So people just have it in their head. Pop just doesn't play anyone. And he just sits everyone. And when you actually look at it, it's not true. Wow. Uh, this Spurs team right now is playing great. You know, yeah, they they dropped uh, they dropped one against Atlanta, and they should have never lost that game to the Hawks. But they've been playing pretty much steady ball. They're tops in the NBA, tops in the West. They'll challenging once again for the uh, NBA crown. I, I guess my question to you in the setup is simply this: um, because, and, and I guess it kind of tails dovetails into, um, or at least piggybacks off the last question I had about the Spurs system, because of that mindset that they're just about you know, winning it all for the for the stretch season, for the stretch run after that All Star break, does sometimes how the Spurs play in that first half differ from how they play in the second half? Because we see Pop almost turn them on, like, okay, rotary road trip is up, it's time to get this this circus together and we're gonna get on point right now. Is that a negative or a positive? No, look, it's. It's a positive because because it does happen. Like these players mm. do play better as the season progresses, but as I mentioned before, like the narrative of that is the opposite. That that they get worse as the season goes on. Where it's it's basically the exact opposite. Like Kawhi Leonard has always had consistently strong right. second halves of the season. Aldridge was a in the second half of last season. I imagine all these guys now that they've become not only more comfortable with each other in a new setup because it's a big difference going from Tim Duncan to Pau Gasol. Like that's a huge difference to the way yeah. everything needs to run. So everyone, Pop works them in slowly. He uses the first two months, three months even, to to work out everything. And then as we head into February, post All-Star, into March, then it's like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's roll. Let's get this momentum going. And yeah, they, they get better as the season goes on. But not many people actually realize that. So I'm glad you brought that up because it is mm-hmm. something that does happen and it goes against the general thought that people have. Um. Did did you did uh, your website Basket Monster uh, retire Tim Duncan's jersey as well? I always wonder that. How great of a how good of a um, fantasy league player was he? He was never like the number one type of guy, but he was just always consistently. In, That's uh, Timmy. <laughs> let, me, let me. I'll bring it up actually because we've got a we've got a um a history site that has the history of everyone's fantasy basketball performances oh, throughout nice. the entire NBA which is uh, called history.basketballmonster.com. And you can go, it's really, if you've got nothing to do, like you can go and check out, like David Robinson's numbers mm-hmm. are ridiculous. When you go back and look at what he was able to do, like he put up consistent numbers. Okay, we look at Duncan's rankings here throughout his career. So 5, 6, 5, 25, he had a number one season. Then 6, 15, 20, 38, 24, 33, 41, 32, 46, 59, 7, 39, 28. And then last year fell to 98. So mm-hmm. basically... Yeah, eighteen seasons of of top forty production. Not bad. And yeah, that's that's as consistent as it gets. Really, like you, you could you knew what to expect from him. And even in those later few years where you know, he was playing under thirty a night, you still got you know forty six ranking, thirty ninth, twenty eighth, fifty ninth. He had a you know, 13, he was the seventh ranked player in only thirty minutes a night. So yeah, he was just consistently good and always got um, underdrafted because of that 
narrative of Duncan's going to sit all these games down the stretch, and again, it never happened. Never happened. Uh, is um, you know, we kind of touched on it, and ended up being Tony Parker, but is there another uh, spur that's probably on the rise right now that maybe is on your radar, not Tony Parker? Not really. Like Aldridge is obviously yeah thriving at the moment. Mm-hmm. Paddy Mills is sliding. Um, no one that's really going to threaten to to be a, an ownable player in the majority mm-hmm. of leagues. Yeah, Danny Green is stable in that 110 to 120 range, but he's not really jumping up. And then the other guys, like Dwayne Dedman could get there if they decided to run with him and play him 30 a night and play power off the bench, but that's not going to happen. So that he's the only other real guy that I'd look at and say, if he got extra minutes, he can do a lot of stuff from a fantasy perspective as well. I know he can do a lot of stuff on the court as well, and plenty yeah. of uh, Spurs people yeah. have been uh, calling for him to get more minutes. But that, that's the only other guy that if, if there was some sort of massive change that Pop did and said, all right, we're going all Richard Edmund, then he would jump up. But apart from that, no. Not Everything's right. pretty stable otherwise. And that was it. Your Spurs Fantasy League update. Uh, but it looks like the Spurs are pretty much Spurs in every sense of the word. And even in Fantasy League, you're going to get what you're going to get from San Antonio. And if that's at least that's the feeling, the impression I'm getting, Josh, is like, the Spurs. Yeah, that's, that's it. You're gonna get whatever you, whatever you see on the court is probably what you're gonna get on the and the fantasy league side. Uh, as I've been mentioning throughout the uh, interview with Josh here, basketballmonster.com. Uh, you want to talk about that? So Basketball Monster is the website that I that I work for. That I'm the I'm the lead fantasy analyst there. So we do projections for every player in the NBA. Obviously, all our fantasy projections. We do it for seasonal leagues. We do it leagues as well where we have you know projections to to set your dfs lineups there's all tools over there in terms of trade analyzers um you know team analysis tools to help you su- suggest who to add who to drop weekly matchup analyzers again telling you who to add for the week to get the best of your opponent for that week plus you know some pretty in-depth discussion things which you saw before and the players trending people are commenting on there all the time we have mm-hmm. daily articles that, that i write for seasonal leagues another one of our analysts does a daily dfs article on there my podcast goes up over there as well the locked on fantasy basketball podcast um we just have stacks of information where you can really get down and and, and dig in and if you don't agree with the projection that i've got you can go and customize your own stuff and still use all the tools that we've got to work out how your team actually shapes up you can get it all in one spot basketballmonster.com as well as listen to josh on Locked On Fantasy Basketball right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He is my brother, my NBA brother, Locked On brother. Go support him. Go listen to his show. Good information if you're a um, NBA Fantasy League player and you know maybe you're just Spurs-centric and you're that... I've run across many times, Josh, where fans are like, no, I only draft Spurs or, or some sort of connection to the Spurs. Corey Joseph, fine, I'll take him. He was a Spur one time. Um... So if you're just very, very about San Antonio Spurs and you got quite a few of them on your roster, go to basketballmonster.com and listen to Josh on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Good stuff there. Josh, I appreciate your time. Thank you once again. And uh, what's your Twitter name, by the way? It's RedRock underscore B-Ball. There you go. RedRock underscore B-Ball. Go give him a follow, Spurs fans. But with that, Josh and I, we're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs.